Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn. Thank you, Sheena. Um, I would like to remind if uh, everyone, if you have questions, you can send them to us at podcast at MITW.org. Um, so, Vaughn, the big news this week was that the rec center is finally reopening. Yeah, um, great news, great <laughs> sign. Um, so are there requirements for people attending as far as being vaccinated? Yes, so um, emergency order 17, um, I believe got signed and finalized last night. Um, we'll be putting it out today with a press release and everything. Um, and it actually addresses that. So for the rec center, it's open to only those who are fully vaccinated at this point. Uh, if you want to use the facilities, you'll need to contact Lucas. Oh, shucks. I'm going to butcher Lucas's last name. So I'm going to apologize. Boom. Boom. Yes. Thank you. I'm yeah. going to say beam. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you can contact him at uh, 715-799-5184. Um, he's the tribe's occupational health and wellness and safety specialist. Um, you'll need to show him proof of vaccination. So the little card you get when you get your, your shot, you'll need to show him that you got both of those um, or Johnson and Johnson shot, uh, which would be one. Um, then he'll activate your, your rec center key card um, within 48 hours. Uh, if you use the facilities, you'll still need to maintain social distance. So, you know, six feet between you and whoever's working out around you. Uh, and then you'll need to disinfect all the equipment you've used afterwards with the sanitizers that the rec center provides. <clears throat> okay. Well, this question kind of goes with what you were just talking about. So things are beginning to improve, which is really good. Um, so what what are the changes in this next emergency order? So the big things that are coming out in emergency order 17 are that uh, places of worship, educational facilities, bars, restaurants, convenience stores, farmers markets can all have 100% capacity again. Um, they can all engage in food sales. Um, and then all tribal government departments can open to 100% capacity for fully, fully vaccinated employees. Um, in the off chance that there are employees that aren't fully vaccinated, um, they need to work with their supervisor to either set up a remote work uh, situation or you know use masking and social distancing if they're gonna be on site. Okay, so it's going to be really warm yeah. this weekend. I think it's going to be like 90s. So people are outside more enjoying that. Um, and we have tick season that's in full swing. So how can people best protect themselves against tick-related diseases? You know, uh, wearing long clothes uh, when they engage in outdoor activities. I know it's not great when it's super hot, but if you wear something light that you know has full sleeves that cover you know the arms, legs, um, and then checking yourself for any sort of ticks when you return from whatever activity you're engaging in um, can usually help prevent a lot of issues with tick-borne disease. Um, also, if you do find a tick on you, don't just pull it straight out. That's problematic. 
Um, there are ways and means to get them out safely, so don't just pull them out. Um, other than that, uh, there are various repellents you can use, uh, and just staying out of things like tall grasses or you know heavily wooded trees, which doesn't sound great during the summer, but those are ways to prevent getting ticks on you and contracting a tick-borne disease. So um, do these kinds of diseases carry an extra, any extra danger because of COVID? Most of them don't. Uh, one of the issues that has kind of popped up, though, is that Lyme disease and COVID have some pretty similar symptoms. Um, but they're, they're doing studies right now to see if any of these types of diseases interact with COVID to make, you know, a more severe type of case. But right now, the, the science is kind of out on those. So... Um, so can you talk about the Delta variant that has come out of India and how does it compare to other variants? Yeah, so the Delta variant has the catchy name of B1617. Um, it's instead of like a, a single variant or a single mutation, um, this one has a triple mutation, which is kind of why some people are concerned about it and why the WHO classified it as a variant of concern. Uh, CDC has not done that yet. Um, it's in you know 63 countries around the globe, including the U.S. Um, but right now there are so few cases of it in the U.S. It hasn't even really made the variant um, tracking chart that the CDC has. Um, so it's it's not very prevalent right now, which is was which is good. Um, you can contract it um, more easily than the wild type of COVID, um, from what they say. So uh, it's. It's more virulent, um, and there's a higher rate of, of viral buildup in the body and stuff when people have it. So um, when they cough, when they sneeze, when they speak, um, and those respiratory droplets are sent out, there's just more virus around for people to contract. So that's the main concern people have when it, with it. Um, it doesn't seem to be too much more lethal other than the fact that it builds up more virus in the body and stuff, which can lead to a more severe case. And do we have any information on that and the vaccines, like if it's effective against it? They're, they're still doing studies on it right now. They, they, they think that the vaccines will protect against it for the most part, um, but they're still running some trials on that one. The pro one of the difficulties with variants is that a virus can mutate significantly faster than we can run tests on it. And so we're always kind of playing catch up that way. Um, so are we improving on our vaccine statistics locally? And were we able to vaccinate more young people? I know that was the category that we were kind of behind on. Yeah, we so we have currently uh, we've have administered or we have 3,652 people that are partially vaccinated or so they've received one dose. 3,305 people are fully vaccinated so they've gotten either two doses of Pfizer Moderna or one Johnson & Johnson. Uh, right now about 49% of the population has had at least one dose and that's ages 18 to you know 65 elderly. Um, and then 43.4% of the population are fully vaccinated, which is pretty good. A little bit behind the, the state average right now, but still not bad. So I came across this article that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, is it true that there's a higher risk for women with uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, with COVID? 
So it looks like there is a slightly higher risk for women with the polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, to have more severe cases of COVID. Uh, the data right now looks like there's a link um, that certain factors um, such as like hyperinflation, um, ethnic predisposition or low vitamin D levels, um, as well as hyperandrogenism, um, all also, you know, all uh, symptoms of PCOS um, contribute to more severe cases of COVID-19. They don't really know why that is, though. Well, sort of. Um, basically, they predominantly they work with they increase the level of uh, inflation that already occurs. Um, the PCOS. Let me try that again. PCOS um, already increases the level infl of inflation in a woman's body. Um, when individuals have COVID nineteen, one of the one of the main uh, symptoms they found is that that is an inflammatory response. Um, an infection. And so if you have a chronic condition that um, induces inflammation and a acute infection that also induces infection, um, the acute infection is kind of, you know, ramped up to, you know, a really severe version of what it would normally be. Okay. And then my final question was regarding the funds that the tribe was set to receive. Do you have any updates on that? Haven't heard any new updates regarding the funding, the national funding for the tribe yet. So, okay. Uh, any final message you have for people for the weekend? Did forget to mention earlier, we did increase the number of vaccinations for our youth. Um, we're right around the 200 mark. So that's increased uh, since last week as well. So thank you to the youth that are taking part in the vaccination program and protecting yourself and the rest of the community. Thank you, Vaughn. You bet. Thank you. Wyanan for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. I do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19, so please send those to us via email at podcast at mitw.org.